Hello and welcome. I am Pastor Deborah and I'm coming to you from the Agape Love Love Is Here Studios for global teaching. I was asked if I would create and teach a wonderful topic, as you can see behind me, Principles and Responsibilities of Pastoring. I was asked to make this teaching for you by a wonderful, wonderful pastor of CRRD of India. Let me tell you what that means. It is, let me look at my paper, the C is for Churches Reconstruction, Revival, and Development. Well, the senior pastor and executive director and founder cannot say his name. It's a sweet young man. Asked me if I would make a video for you that he could circulate to the group on the WhatsApp group. And all the members could watch. I am not on WhatsApp. So I told him I could create a YouTube video. Send it to him. And he would put it on for you to look at. I don't want to make this one too long. I have been studying and working on it. And I could go into great detail and go on for hours and hours and hours. But I'm not going to do that on this one. This is going to be more like a basic introduction for you. So you can see and begin to learn and study for yourself. What are the principles and responsibilities of pastoring? If you believe that you have been called to be a pastor, you need to study this. If you are being pastored, mentored, taught by a pastor... You need to study this to ensure that that the pastor who is teaching you is operating out of biblical principles and responsibilities towards you. So, before I get into a brief teaching, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all those that will be in this group that are here right now sitting with me as I teach. Father, we ask that you even take this teaching into dreams and visions so others all over the world can learn and grow. We ask for your help through the Holy Spirit who is our spiritual teacher who desires to reveal to us truth and knowledge about you so that we are not ignorant. Help us as we learn about the principles and responsibilities of pastoring. All right, let's see where we're going to start. When I begin teaching, I always like to begin with definitions. I use either the Strong's Concordance, which gives me the Hebrew or the Greek definitions, and the Webster's Dictionary. I'm going to define the word for you. There's about oh, three words in here that we need to define. One is principles. You see that? The other one is responsibilities. The other one is pastoring. 
Let's look at the Webster's Dictionary. The word principles is defined as one most important, the most influential. A principle is a concept. It's an idea. It's a thought. It's the chief executive, the ruler. It's an officer. But it's also a chief thought. Something that's in you that guides you, that leads you. Number three, it's a basic and fundamental concept. It's a foundation. It's a pillar. It's a guidance. It's a road you're to follow. Number four, it means that you will be held liable personally for what you're teaching. Also means it is the first the monarch, the king. You see the word P-R-I-N-C? Prince means the ruler, the first, the one with authority. So we're going to be learning that you must have concepts and ideas and thoughts that are of rulership that you're going to be held accountable for. That's to be your chief executive, to rule over you, and it's to be very influential. Also, the word principle means a ruler of a state, a territory, a nation. It means high ranking. Okay, so you're getting an idea that when you must have some principles, they are your guiding rulership of you. They're in here. Now, where do you get them? Some people get them from religion, from denominations, from your culture, from the sex that you are. Mm -hmm. So you can get your guiding concepts and thoughts that rule you in what you do, what you say, what you teach. From everything, anyone, ancestors, but not from the Word of God and our best example. Now let's go to the word responsibilities. The word responsibility is defined by Webster's Dictionary as the quality or state of being responsible, the moral, legal, and mental accountability, reliability, trustworthiness this also can be a burden the word responsible which is stops about right there is defined by Webster's dictionary as liable to be called on you're responsible for something number two you're liable to be responsible for something held to account as the primary cause, motive, or agent. Number three, being the cause or the explanation of something. Number four, liable to legal review or in case of fault penalties. Number five, if you're responsible, you must be able to answer for your conduct. Your decision-making. 
your thoughts of your principles, your actions, and your obligations. Number six, you must be trustworthy. Number seven, you must be able to choose for oneself between right and wrong. Your principles, whoops, define to you what is right and wrong. They can come from your religion. They can come from your culture, your ancestors, many different ways that you develop within you your principles. Number eight, responsible means you're marked by or you're involved with responsibility, accountability. Number nine, it's politically you are answerable to those who choose vote for you, accept you, submit to you, you're going to answer to them. Some of the synonyms include, one, responsible, answerable, accountable, liable. And these words mean being the subject to being held to account. Number one, a responsible definition implies holding a specific office, duty, or trust. Two, answerable suggests a relation between having a moral or legal obligation and a court or other authority charged with oversight of its observances. When you're responsible for something, somebody higher than you is going to watch over you and see if you are carrying out faithfully your responsibilities that was given to you. Number three, accountable suggests imminence of retribution for unfulfilled trust or violated obligations. Number four, Liable stresses the fact of subjugation to review, censor, or control by another. Just because you're a pastor, there are people going to review you, but the highest authority over you is the God that puts you there. Not anybody else. He's watching. Now... We've got some definitions. Well, what does the word pastoring or pastor mean? Once again, we're going to go to Webster's Dictionary. A pastor is a spiritual overseer. Number two, someone who provides for feeding or helps you. An overseer maybe helps you to stay on task, mentor you, give you encouragement when you get downcast and you're tired and you don't want to work he he or she will oversee what you're doing how you are managing the responsibilities that have been given to you did you complete the job like you were supposed to did you teach what you were supposed to a pastor is also considered a herdsman that means you're going to be herding something it's a shepherd and a protector We have to learn these definitions. Now, how you study all of them is you begin at the beginning. 
Well, where did mankind, anybody, male or female, get to become a pastor? Well, let's look first at what a pastor is. A pastor has a very serious responsibility. He is a sh- he or she is a shepherd, a herdsman, a protector of something, and he has principles, concepts that guide him and lead him. Now, somebody gave him those principles. So a pastor is defined as a spiritual overseer for someone else's property. Mm-hmm. A pastor is a ruler. And will be held accountable, personally accountable, for his actions, his behaviors, his inactions, his decisions that he makes. He's considered an executive of high rank, a ruler of things of another. A pastor is responsible and has responsibilities. For many areas, and he must or she must be trustworthy and faithful. Number 10. A pastor is subject to another for their actions, to a legal authority, to the owner of the property or the thing that the pastor is to shepherd or be a herdsman or overseer. He will be judged and held accountable for his decisions and his behaviors. A pastor is a spiritual position of someone who is spiritually called, put in this spiritual position to shepherd, to protect, and oversee something. A pastor can shepherd or oversee or herd many things. Animals businesses, organizations, money, investments, families, children, systems, resources, faith, religion, concepts, ideas, political parties. And they are guides and they lead things and people places. But who is to be a shepherd? You? Does a shepherding have any sex? Could it be a male or a female? Sure. Could it be a child? Yes. A teenager? Yes. Have you ever looked into the animal kingdom? You will see the big lions shepherding his group of females and children. You'll also watch and observe the females. They are shepherds of the little ones. Mm-hmm. That's right. And all these questions, we can look around nature and we can observe. You may not know, but I began helping people the way of the world as a mental health counselor. I knew nothing of being a pastor, the principles, and the responsibilities. I had to study. I knew I was called to love people even when I was young. Some of the strangest, weirdest people. And that slowly developed through culture and family. 
into being a licensed clinical mental health counselor. But somewhere, that wasn't what I was to be. And in about 1995, maybe, I was asked by the Lord to put that license down and to learn how to help people his way of being a pastor. I pursued Bible college, got through the uh, first two steps of it, was uh, ordained by man. They laid hands on me. They recognized I had a call of God on my life. I got my papers so I could teach and preach. I was well on my way to being officially licensed and ordained. It did not work out because I was called to be a different kind of pastor. And what I was doing was helping people spiritually who were in the occult. Multi-generational Satanism, witches, those who worked with ancestors, witchcraft. That didn't fit into the box of the denomination I was seeking credentials from. I either had to be a senior pastor, an associate pastor in a church building, a youth pastor, a children's pastor. That was it. And if you were going to be an evangelist, you had to first serve two years in a position on full-time staff, then fill out a whole bunch of paperwork, take psychological testing, be interviewed to go into another country. I didn't fit. So I resigned, I gave up my credentials, and I just pursued and learned how to help people the Lord's way, the principles and responsibilities of pastoring. Where did I go? Back to the very beginning, Genesis. I went back to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And that is where all of humanity where we get our responsibilities, our principles to be a pastor, an overseer, a king, and a ruler here on earth. Let me read it to you. Genesis 1, 26 through 28, the authorized King James Version. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion, pastoring, kingship, rulership, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. 27. So God created man in his own image. I'm a God. I'm an offspring. Of God himself. Didn't know that when I began. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. At this point they are in God's womb. In his thoughts. They're not on earth yet. But he's prophesying, decreeing, declaring. Giving them their principles, their responsibilities on earth. As a shepherd, a herdsman, an overseer, a king, and a ruler, a pastor. 
Verse 28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. That was my beginning. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Now, there's a lot of deep spiritual messages in that. But from there, I began and I studied all those people in the Bible. Let me start you. I looked at first Adam. I looked at his rulership and kingship. I looked to see if he obeyed or disobeyed. We all know that. He disobeyed. Then, the next one that came up was Abraham. And then Isaac. Then Jacob. Then young man named Joseph. And his dreams and his eventual leadership in Egypt. Then I went off into Moses. I studied his life. I studied his education in Egypt. How he learned about the Hebrews. How he led the people out. How he had a relationship with God. I studied Joshua. He was a warrior. warrior, And his relationship to God. I studied King Saul. Who was appointed by the judge Samuel. I studied the judges. I studied the prophets. I studied King David. King Solomon. Studied the prophets. Then I got to the epitome of the pastor of all pastors. Christ Jesus. I studied movies and books. I read the scriptures. I looked up the words. I learned that you have to be sent. Well, we were sent in Genesis down here. You have to be faithful, obedient. You have to be moving in spiritual gifts like Joseph. You got to be moving in hearing. You must be able to interpret dreams. Mm -hmm. You must have leadership skills. You must learn them. Be educated. Don't have to be educated by a denomination. Moses was educated by the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. You have to be a warrior like Joshua, protector and a provider. You have to be a shepherd like David was as a young child. Hearing God, seeing God, protecting your father's sheep, living out by yourself, not really a part or considered the rest of the family. You were just out there with the sheep. You have to do a good job by yourself. And then when David got anointed after King Saul failed to obey Samuel, King David then had to go under King Saul. So you'll be put on some of the strangest people to be taught and learned, tested and tried on your principles your faithfulness, your worthiness of a pastor. You might spend a lot of time in the wilderness. Pastor Deborah spent years at home sometimes being healed. Pastor Deborah would sit on the pew and not do anything for years. I got on the deliverance team. Does your church have a deliverance ministry where you study casting out of devils? Do you even believe in that? King Saul had an evil spirit. That he would have to have King, the young King David play his lyre and sing songs for it to live. 
Then you have to study how to be a leader of nations. You do that through each one of these people, a leader of people and family. Israel shows us how to do that. You have to learn what the righteous judges are and prophets. Then you have to learn that mankind chose not to have God, this invisible God they didn't hear as their king and judge. They wanted to be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So Samuel had to tell them what kind of manner of king you were going to have. You also have to be a royal priest unto God, be able to pray and petition to him. That's part of your responsibilities, to speak on behalf of those that don't know him yet. You have to be a kingdom of heaven teacher. Because we get into Christ Jesus, he comes out of the wilderness. And he says, repent. It's turn your thinking, your principles, your concept. Turn them back to the high place. For the kingdom of heaven is here. It is near. Are you a kingdom teacher? Was that the message, the gospel of Christ Jesus, the kingdom message? Can you submit to a person who teaches the kingdom? He did. He went under John the Baptist teaching. John the Baptist was a voice saying, The kingdom of heaven is coming. The kingdom of heaven is coming. Repent. Change your mind. Get out of religion. Study Christ Jesus. He is our example. His mind must get developed in you. You must go through all the four Gospels. You must look at Isaiah to hear what he's come. He's bringing a kingdom. Can you bring a kingdom to other people? Can you be a life-giving spirit? Christ Jesus was. So I'm studying all those people. And I'm learning the principles and responsibility of pastoring. Humanity belongs to God. They are his sheep. That you are to care for, oversee, watch, rebuke if you have to, teach and train and mentor their children. And then you have to also learn about the kingdom of God, its powerful influence here on earth. Then you must know the kingdom of darkness and its king, the God of this world, Satan. You must study him. Now we learn a little bit later when we get into the New Testament into Acts, where the early disciples, in some cities there were poor widows and orphans and people, and they needed help. They needed food and money. And they would bring the money to the disciples, but they would say, look, we're not going to deal with that. You deacons, you pick some people out from among you. You guys are to minister to you. But we are going to stay in the word, studying, and traveling. A pastor is not a deacon. A pastor can oversee them. But if you get bogged down in earthly help, food, clothes, and you are not teaching the kingdom, healing the sick, casting out of devils, then the people only see you. As their source for earthly goods. I learned a long time ago. Through personal experience. Giving people earthly help. Does not change their spirit. There was a young man who had sort of a home. 
when I was in a church and people would stay in it. And God said, you take care of their earthly needs. You put them up. But when they come to the church, I'll have my evangelist. This was during the Brownsville revival with Steve Hill. I will attend to their spiritual needs. People got saved. They got devils cast out. They got healed from mental health disorders. They got information and knowledge. Mm -hmm. Witches came, got saved. Satanists came, got saved. Mm -hmm. So there are two worlds. Pastor Deborah tried helping people. Being a pastor of the food pantry, clothing, praying over the rice, the peanut butter, didn't work. I was not satisfied. I couldn't see the spiritual help. And I had to slowly learn that God's words at his Bible are words of spirit and life. They are for the spirit. Even God tells the woman at the well through Christ Jesus, God is a spirit. He's not searching for your physical body to worship him and praise him and bow to him. He's looking for your spirit to know about him in truth and to worship him spiritually. Most of what pastors do is flesh. Most of what pastors preach is denominational and it's not the word of God. It's not the kingdom of heaven. There are pastors don't even believe that God speaks to you individually. And if you hear his voice, you must be mentally ill. They don't believe in the gifts of the spirit. They don't believe in any of that. Why? Because they went to denominational Bible schools. I had to trust God to train me through every person, every situation, experience, movies, fairy tales, nature, animals. I had to become a seeker and ask questions. I needed healing. I had to take a lot of tests to read the Bible over and over and over and write out the scriptures. Ask God, what does this mean? How do I help them? I have a lot of videos on helping people the Lord's way. I understood the way of the world. I understood the way of the flesh. I see that now during COVID. Oh, we need food. We need clothes. And that's fine for others to do, but not a pastor. A pastor is a feeder to bring you to nourishing fields of spiritual knowledge. For the spirit. He's to bind up anything. That would be interfering. With the word of truth going out. He must be a kingdom of heaven teacher. I learned how to do that. Through Dr. Miles Monroe. I have a whole bunch of his movies. On the website. Of agapeloveloveishere.org He's also on YouTube. You must learn about the kingdom. That you are a king. A pastor is a king, a royal priest unto God first, can petition God, can pray, and it gets done. And then he's a king, a politician. Can you help politicians run nations? Can you help give good counsel for resources? Can you back down demonic spirits in anything and anybody? 
Do you even believe that there are evil, wicked spirits in people? Do you still worship idols, ancestors? Do you still dabble in witchcraft? Mm-hmm. Are you in religion? A pastor must know that. And he must will be answerable straight to God. There is nobody over me but God himself. I was for years and years and years under pastors, under church leaders, until I grew up and God laid his hands on me and said, you are now released to go out. He could trust me. I didn't have to have a board of directors. You know who my board of directors are for the ministry? The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. They are watching me. They know everything I do, every dream I have. I must be about the Father's work. Go study Isaiah 61 and 62. You will learn the Father's heart for humanity. A pastor must know that. He must know why he is here. You must know Genesis 1, 26 through 28. You must be a mother and a father raising up people to be teachers Sending them out. That's the principles and responsibilities of a pastor. They're a mother. They're a father. They're a protector, a shepherd. When you are a mother and you are watching over your children, you are a pastor. You're a shepherd. You're making sure they get fed. The house is clean. You are watching them. When you're the father and you're working and you're caring for your family... You're a pastor. If you have a business and you're caring and cleaning it and doing righteousness to the uh, people who buy things from you, you're a pastor. You're a shepherd, a herdsman over what has been given you. Because first you have to learn to handle that before you can handle the spirits of a human. Then you have to study that there are even human spirits. You know those that part of us that when we die... Lives on forever. That's where Pastor Deborah works. Mm-hmm. I had to look into people's eyes and see the enemy, other people in them. Do you know much about the spirit world? Have you studied it? Have you studied how God's words are light in the spirit realm? To learn the principles, start at the beginning. Now, the Old Testament, as you know, were all dead spiritual beings to God. So he was working with the flesh, trying to get the spiritual principles in. But it took Christ Jesus to get us rebirthed from the cross that our spirits could come alive again. One of the other pastor's responsibilities, as Abraham's was, is you must do a spiritual circumcision of Hebrews 4.12. On all your people. It's the token. Abraham learned that. Of a covenant between God and man. So do you do Hebrews 4.12 spiritual experiences? With people, your children? I did with my son. I did deliverance on my son. I walked around my house and I prayed. and I, I stood at my door and said, Satan, you're coming through me. To get to my son. Do you know who I am? And I proceeded to tell Satan who I was. The son of the God of Israel. A reborn spirit being with the mind of Christ. 
a royal priest unto God, a spiritual pastor. I was a tough. I still am. So when you're learning about being a pastor, most of this is not taught in your Bible colleges or your schools. You get denominational stuff, which is division. And you cannot teach outside of that. And if you have any beliefs other than that, you probably get kicked out like Pastor Deborah was. Mm-hmm. So Pastor Deborah is a non-denominational pastor. I have no church building. have no office. I'm coming to you from my living room. But I can travel all over the world and out of the worlds to other worlds. You know there's a new earth coming. And some of you aren't going to be leaders in it. You're going to have to be supervised because you'll still be children. Mm-hmm. So principles and responsibilities of pastoring covers many topics. A firstborn child, even in the family, is a pastor if he feeds and cares for his brothers and sisters. That's a pastor. I want to cover one last thing before I go. In the New Testament, we are given a framework from Paul. As we know, he became a wonderful witness and evangelist and teacher for the kingdom of heaven, called by God himself, struck down, blinded, and then released. But he had a lot of knowledge, as we know. He was a learned man from the Old Testament. God took him out into the deserts of Arabia for three years. And he opened up the Old Testament to him to get all these spiritual revelations. And in his letters you will see, for a while you'll see a wonderful spiritual revelation. Then you'll see his pride. Then his revelation. Then his pride. He was so prideful God had to give him, as we know, a thorn in his side. Because if he didn't keep his pride down, he would go the way of Satan with all the knowledge. He would be blinded by pride. And what Paul did was establishing the earthly church. He took the pattern he knew, the Jewish synagogue, where women were not allowed to be pastors, teachers, could not even come into the synagogue. They had to stand out. He took that pattern that he knew and established that. And many of your Christian denominations now have taken the same thing. That a female is not to be a pastor. She is not to teach man. Because that was the Jewish way. And that's what Paul established. An earthly Christian pattern church. But that was not God's way. God's way says when your spirit is reborn, it is neither a male or a female, but a new spiritual being, a child of the light. That is the pastor, not your physical body. My spirit that is born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, moving in, that is the pastor. That is what teaches out through my soul, and out through my physical body. But my spirit also works in dreams when I'm sleeping. It is my spirit that's the pastor. Not the physical body or sex. So many denominations will not allow a woman to teach or preach anybody. And if she is, she's only allowed to teach women. That is from Paul. 
not from Christ Jesus. Jesus is not here in the earth anymore. He does not work in buildings. He can and he will. But he's working with the spirit, with words of spirit and life for the spirit. So if you are in a denomination that says women cannot be pastors, they are following Paul. They have made Paul more important than the word of God, where it says we're no longer a male or a female spiritually. So you have to look carefully as a pastor what your position papers are of the denomination or the non-denomination. I was a member of an Assembly of God church. Once I started getting the Kingdom of Heaven message from Dr. Miles Monroe, I went and pulled my membership because my membership said I believe this which others of my brothers and sisters did not. And there are denominations which are divisions. And Paul even tells us when you're in divisions, you're still acting like you are unsaved. You're a child. You do not have the mind of Christ. You're not mature. You, in the kingdom of heaven, we are all pastors. We are all kings and rulers. Spiritually. I went through this. I happened to be in a denomination who said it was okay for women to be pastors. Many others say no. So you must look. Are you going to be an earthly pastor based on a earthly religious denomination's following of Paul? Or are you going to step into the spirit, follow Christ Jesus, and see that the pastoring is a spiritual overseer? of spiritual light, of this new spiritual child of the light, the words of spirit and life. I had to learn that. I have to see it. I had to learn. I feel sorry for many women. They're all called. Genesis one twenty six called us all. And yet they're not allowed to, except to other women. And the men rule the roost. That's flesh. That's carnality. That's division. That's baby. Can be your culture. But you know who the first teacher is to any child? A mama. When they're at your breast and they're feeding, you're looking in your eyes, you're talking to them, you're teaching them. Mama's the first. Mm-hmm. That is where Moses learned about the Hebrews. He was uh, breastfed from his mother Okay, when she was still a slave and then when he was weaned, given to the princess of Egypt. He learned from Mama about the Hebrews and their God. And then he learned reading, writing, arithmetic, leadership, experience in Egypt. Because he was going to rule nations, set up a whole nation. He had to have it all. So look to see who you're following. Who is paramount for you? What pattern and what mind and who are you looking to to be your guide? God and Christ Jesus or an earthly denomination. Do lots of studying. Take each person slowly. They'll tell you something about, even in the spirit, I have to be a warrior, a teacher, a mother. Mm -hmm. Have to know a lot. You have to practice teaching and talking, looking up words. 
You have to know what spiritually is going on with people, whether there's ancestors hanging around. You have to know. You have to be wise. You have to be educated, trained, tested, tried by fire, tried and tested, and to become trustworthy. Your life will be challenged. I'm going to tell you a wonderful story. The video is up on the website about obedient, trustworthy pastors. Years ago, there was uh, some pastors who were called to go into a town where there was ISIS terrorist. And they set up and they had a church while the ISIS guys came and kidnapped the whole family, killed them. And then another pastor was told, you go to that same church, that same town, you start teaching. What God had done before that man got there, the second man, was he gave a dream to 900 ISIS, Taliban, Al-Qaeda, fundamental Islamic people, the same dream in one night, that they were guilty of this pastor's blood and life. And they could not remove this guilt and this shame off of any of them. So when the second pastor came to the same church, he was kidnapped taken blindfolded. He knew he was going to die. And he went, and they took the blindfold off, and in front of him were 900 men. And they stood up and told him, We all had the same dream last night, or the other night, and we cannot get rid of it. We have been told by this God that you serve. We are guilty of this other pastors. He did nothing to us. We want help to be relieved of this shame and this guilt and this dishonor. So we had two pastors. One died, but he was faithful and trustworthy. And God used that death and falling down as a seed into the grave to save 900 Islamic Taliban Al-Qaeda terrorists. And we had another faithful pastor, very afraid, and he took his family. And God used him to say prayers of forgiveness and mercy to 900 people. You don't know where you fit, but a pastor must be trustworthy, faithful, and obedient to the God that he serves and to his mission of Isaiah 61 and 62 and bringing the kingdom of heaven and its power and influence to all. So I hope this just brief video helps you to understand and begin learning the principles and responsibilities of pastoring. Take each person I mentioned. Take each incident of their leadership. Write them down. Study them. The good points, the bad points. The ones who made it, the ones who fell. Then look at Christ Jesus. Hear his prayers to his Father for humanity. See his obedience to go to the cross. And suffer for everybody. See that he called all of humanity to be a pastor. In Genesis 1, 26 and 28. All, even children and teenagers, men, women, no sex. Everybody's called. Every human spirit in there is called. And it must be trained and educated. And watched over. And helped and then sent out. People that I work with, they will go places and meet people I'll never meet. I go into deep darkness, deep stuff that they're not ready for. I do believe in evil spirits, Satan and his kingdom of darkness and demons. I've cast out demons, bound them up, 
You must learn how to do that as a pastor. You must know about sickness. You must live a life. Jesus told his disciples, you can't even cast out this death and dumb spirit because you don't live a life of prayer and fasting. You must know what that kind of fasting is. Does he mean certain foods or maybe lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh? What did he mean? Study. Take notes. Ask questions. God will help you. He will not leave you alone. If you're seeking how to be a pastor, what the principles, the deep responsibilities are. Oh, you're going to mess up at first. And you're going to have to ask God to forgive you because you just messed up. But you're going to get back up and keep going. Because everybody's called. Genesis 1, 26 through 28 tells us. You're to be a king, a dominator, an overseer, a pastor, a shepherd, a royal priest. For God, to God, on and on the behalf of God to all of humanity. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. See you again on another video. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again. Watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments. And if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at Agape Love is here dot org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you and come again to another video of Agape Love Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.